is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Executive Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Sasha Sr. on our show today. Sasha is an avid skateboarder that grew up in Brampton, Ontario. Her passion drove her to open Windsor's only local skateboard shop, Bliss. Sasha has used her business to help skateboarders at home and abroad in Windsor, Jamaica, Uganda, and Barbados. Sasha isn't just a business owner, she's also a mother of two boys and a member of the Canadian Armed Forces. Welcome to the show, Sasha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited too, Sasha. <laughs> so before we dive into today's conversation, um, let's let's go on your, your entrepreneurial journey story. How did you launch Bliss? What um, was kind of the origin story of you as an entrepreneur? Honestly, like I never thought about being an entrepreneur because just the thought of it was like, no, that's scary. I don't want to risk it. I don't want to have to deal with the headaches of a business. But when the opportunity was presented to me, it was literally one question. It was like, do you want to drive past this location regretting that you could have had something there? Or do you want to drive past saying, I own that. I own the skateboard shop there. And I said, I want to drive past saying that I own it. And that was it. That was it. I was like, I can do this. It was just it was it was presented to me and I knew that I was able to get it done. And so I said, let me let me just try and see what would happen. So that's pretty much what it was. Very cool. So why did you launch Bliss? You know, what is different about Bliss from a traditional skate shop? I have to confess, this is not my wheelhouse. So what what does it take to build a skate shop and what really um, prompted that passion for you to build this specific type of shop? I've always been passionate about skateboarding. You know, I didn't realize that I was so passionate about it until I actually stopped doing it. And then I got back into it and I said, man, I really miss doing this. And so the passion was, was already there. I just didn't realize it when I was younger. And so it was that. And then there wasn't a skate shop in Windsor. I'm like, we need a, we need a local skate shop. We need somewhere where people can come in and hang out. Just talk to the owner or, or the employees here and just hang out. Maybe buy stuff or whatever. You just need a local skate shop for the skateboarders. So that that's what two of the things that drove it. And then the support from the community also. So we had a uh, social media presence before we opened the shop. And because of that, people knew about it. And so they were very supportive. And we've been getting more support from people who aren't even, who aren't even skateboarders. We ha I'm getting support from a lot of parents, a lot of 
younger kids from people all over the world, even in Mexico, too, in different countries. So it's that's kind of what makes Bliss a, a little bit different. Um, we're a unicorn, mm. especially where we are. We're, we're so close to Detroit and Windsor's so secluded from the rest of Ontario that we have our own flavor. We have our own style of things and how we do things over here. And that's what makes us different. And so we're connected so much with the States. And then my background being Jamaican, I'm connected with a lot of Caribbean too, a lot of the Caribbean islands. So that's what makes Bliss something different. Incredible. And, you know, when we when traditionally think of skateboarding could be considered a more male dominated area uh, and, you know, skateboard shop owners being um, more male as a woman entrepreneur. How have you navigated these biases or navigating being a a woman uh, owning a skateboard shop? Well, yeah, the, the cool thing was, I feel like if I had done this years ago, that it would have been there would have been a lot more biases um, towards me being a female running a skateboard shop. Mm. But because of the day and age that we're in right now, there's a lot of female skateboarders, professional skateboarders who are better than a lot of the guys that are out there, which is even cooler. Um, so like we have a, and just the fact that I'm a, <laughs> that I'm a woman that owns a skateboard shop. A lot of people are behind that because they're like, mm. we don't see this all the time. This is awesome. You know? And so, um, and it's encouraging more women to skate more, more girls to start skateboarding and I actually have just as much men coming in here as I do women. Like it's, it's 50, 50. And I love when I see the females come in because they're, they're so excited. And then, and then I get to meet them and I'm like, yeah, I skate. And it, and it just encourages more women to start skateboarding. Amazing. So it's it's awesome. It's awesome. And I love that Bliss really prioritizes this community building, um, you know, within the, within the general state, skate community. Um, and as you mentioned, within the Jamaican skateboard community specifically as well. How have you managed, you know, building a, a profitable business while also building a community? Um, how have you approached this sort of mission-driven build? Do you have any examples of, of, you know, how that has supported your overall business in terms of community? Yeah, so it, it was. it's actually kind of interesting because – before I had the shop, I started befriending people um, from Jamaica on Facebook and uh, or not Facebook on Instagram, and they took me into their circle virtually so much so that it felt like we were family because I was always commenting, always in the group. And then when I went out there in December of t- 2019, I didn't just go out there with with my own stuff. I said I'm gonna go out there and uh, and I'm gonna bring some stuff for the guys and and the, and the skaters out there. And the idea to go was before I knew I was going to open the shop. Hmm. And then so once I figured out, okay, I want to run a shop, then it was a little bit different because then I said, okay, I'm going to do this in the name of the skate shop even before I had the skate shop open. So I was promoting a lot of um, stuff for the business once I knew where I was going. And we, we did a, uh, a skate session, a skate jam out there for free. And then when I came back home, I said, you know what? I got to keep doing stuff for the community. Like I don't want to just do stuff outside of the community. I want to do stuff within the community too, because that's where the profit's going to be coming in. That's where the local skateboarders are going to be coming from. And so I, that's how I built my connection in Jamaica. And then I built the connection out here. And it's, it's a lot of social media that has been very supportive. And so I just want to be able to build the community here because if you don't give to the community, especially with skateboarding and you don't respect people, then they're not going to want to come here into the shop. It doesn't matter it doesn't matter how great the shop is, how big it is, what what name it is. If you don't treat your customers with respect and don't treat the community well, they're not going to they're not going to come in and treat you good either. So, that's why I said, let me let's let's also host some stuff at home as well as abroad. And when I continue to 
host stuff at home. People are also going to uh, contribute to the to the stuff that we're going to be doing abroad as well. Mm. You know, because we're not just just for Bliss Bliss all the time here in Windsor. It's Bliss in Windsor and everywhere else that we can that we can reach out to. I love that. And looking at obviously the the effects of COVID-19 on, you know, product-based businesses and storefronts, et cetera, how have you navigated uh, potentially leaning on your community or or still running your business during a global pandemic? What does that look like for you? Yeah, that was, um, I was actually really happy with the turnout because, so we opened the doors March 20th and it was literally the next day that (laughs) it was like, all right, yeah, like, all right, essential business is closed down. And I'm looking through the list. I'm like, okay, skateboard shop, skateboard shop. Sk- nope, it's not on there. It's not essential. <laughs> it's really not an essential business. Oh. <laughs> ex- ex- yeah, right? <laughs> it is to me, though, right? Yes. So, so I so closed the doors, and um, I started pushing products online. I said, okay, guys, you know, we're still open. No one can come in, but you guys can still order. So, And, and I tell this to a lot of people. I said, when I had to do that, it was like people ordering food or a pizza when they would call and a lot of people don't want people don't want to call anymore they'd rather text mm-hmm. maybe even send an email the last thing they want to do is call somebody really you know what i mean if you get a phone call it's like wait i wasn't expecting this yeah what's so wrong? people don't want to <laughs> yeah people don't want to pick up their phone so i have to push people to call people were, would call in and say you know what i've seen this uh this deck number one um and i want to get that with these set of trucks and let me get those wheels and blah 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 blah, blah. can you set it up for me yeah absolutely so i would set up the board and then i would leave it just in the little walkway here that we have uh, at the shop and they would come by and pick it up. And even though it wasn't a lot of um, people calling all the time, we had maybe like, I'd say three to five sales a week. Mm -hmm. And just from that alone, I was like, this is awesome. I'm Mm -hmm. so glad that people are calling. And I know people wanted to come in the shop because they want to see it. And Mm -hmm. we literally opened and we just closed, you know? And so I was very happy that people were still calling in and saying, yeah, I went onto the website. Can I get this, this, and that? And because of that, I also said, you know what? If people order over a hundred dollars, I will, I will deliver this stuff to you because we were told to stay inside. People don't want to, people don't want to go out. They didn't want to leave. And so I even did local delivery to a couple people because Windsor's not that big. Mm-hmm. It's a good enough size where you can get around the city within let's I'd say within 20 minutes you can go from one side of the city to the next within a few minutes right and so yeah that's we had a lot of support even when we shut down and um that gave me the experience of how to run my e-commerce so god forbid that the businesses have to close down again but we all know we're all bracing ourselves because it might happen Mm -hmm. um at least I already have that knowledge now okay I've done this before this is what I need to do but now I know I can do it better because I've already did it and when I was doing it, I realized the mistakes that I made. So now I, I've learned from those mistakes. Round one, let's go round two, and I can I can make this even better. I love that. Round one, round two. <laughs> Ready yeah. for whatever gets thrown at you. <laughs> yeah. And so what other advice do you have for women entrepreneurs that you're, are pivoting to e-commerce, that are pivoting because of COVID-19? Obviously, you are yeah, building this business right in the thick of it all. But as um, people navigate the, the sort of ripple effect of the pandemic, any advice that you can share with our listeners? Plan. Mm. Planning is important. And um, don't think that e-commerce is not important, important and online sales is not important because we have to realize right now that we're moving into a virtual state. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are becoming vir- schools. Mm-hmm. schools are, I remember um, just driving through Detroit because I used to live over there. And all the time I would hear online or on the radio, oh, sign up your kid for a virtual school, virtual school. And at that, this was like maybe about a year and a half ago. At that time, I'm thinking, wow. who would want to 
have a virtual school. But now look, that's the option though, right? Mm-hmm. For, my son is in senior kindergarten. Guess what? He has Zoom meetings mm-hmm. from nine o'clock to about two o'clock every single day. And it's a virtual school. So we have to understand that we're, we're getting pushed into an era where everything's going to be virtual and majority of the stuff's going to be virtual. So as much as you may not like it, you're going to have to adapt it, adapt to it and overcome it. Mm-hmm. And um, planning is also important too, because you want, you want to know what you're getting into and uh, make sure that you have a plan, a plan A, a plan B and a plan C for whichever way it decides to go. So my advice is to start planning from now and look at how you're going to start to market your business if you haven't already done so. And what is the best platform for you to use? Mm. Because it's going to be different for everybody, right? We mainly use Instagram, a little bit of Facebook, but that's it. You don't want to try to use everything because then it's going to be overwhelming. If you're good at Facebook and you have a lot of people who found your product out through Facebook, use Facebook. Mm -hmm. If you're using YouTube, use YouTube. You know what? Stick stick with what you know, and then what you don't know, you research that, and you see if you can implement that into your business. But planning is very important, and like I said, adapt and overcome because we're moving into virtual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that definitely being easier for some than than others, but has been so incredible um, to see you know entrepreneurs across Canada rally and really you know shift at lightning speed. So it's it's you know been an, obviously a really challenging year, but also very empowering to see how resilient we are and how adaptable you know many businesses are across Canada. Yes, yes, it's it's so true. Yeah, it, it's it's I, that's the difficult part. If you're a business that's open and you've been doing in person for so long and then you're like wait what now I have to close and I have to go online mm-hmm. online I don't I don't know how to do this mm-hmm. that that's the difficult transition for for a lot of people who've been in business for so long but it's like you have to you're going to have to make that adjustment and it's going to be better for your business in the long run because people don't want to leave their houses it, and it's cold outside now people really don't want to leave <laughs> You know, like they didn't want to leave before. Now they really don't want to go outside. Mm-hmm. And and what does the skateboarding environment look like in the winter in Canada? Is that a time that, you know, do you put spikes on the bottom of your skateboards? What does that look like for your community? <laughs> you know what's cool? They actually came out now with snow skates. So just imagine wow. a snowboard, but it's mini. Or you can imagine a skateboard, but it doesn't have trucks on the bottom. It's more like a plastic uh, kind of covering on the bottom that has like these rivets, these big rivets in the bottom. And so people will go out and they'll snow skate and they'll still do tricks on almost like a snowboard, but your feet aren't in, in bindings uh, on the skateboards. And I said, you know what? I should get some of those. And I said, wait, we don't get enough snow. Like we, Mm. we got snow yesterday and it's almost melted today. (laughs) So (laughs) for us over here in this area, Mm. as long as it's dry, we're like, all right, it's, it's skatable. As long as it's dry, we're, it's like, we're good. We can skate. That's that's the mentality of skateboarders on the East Coast because we don't get, you know, we don't get the California weather and the nice the nice weather all year round. So mm. yeah, amazing. And so Bliss is the only skateboard shop in Windsor. Is this because of uh, you know other skate shops launching in the community that haven't been successful, or um, has this been sort of something that's never been explored before? How did you identify Windsor as the place you wanted to set up shop? There has been other skateboard shops. There's been two other skate shops in Windsor. Mind you, I'm not from Windsor, so I wasn't here mm. when they had those skate shops. But people have been telling me, like, yeah, that was like 10 years ago mm. or whatever. And I'm even thinking to myself, I said, how come no one thought about opening a shop? And I think just um, being an entrepreneur is, is, is intimidating and it's mm. scary in itself. And uh, some people might not have the money to do it. You know, they might, they might just think they can't do it. And then 
with skateboard shops, I'm even realizing that more income is coming from certain products than others. Mm-hmm. So that could be the case with whatever skate shop was here before, where it's like they were kind of putting out more than what they were getting in. Mm-hmm. And then it just wasn't affordable for them to, to do that anymore. Uh, why Windsor? Um, I've been in the Windsor area since 2012. So I've been out here since for a while. Now that I have kids, my kids, well, my oldest son, he's only five. He's going to school now. So I figured I'm going to, I'm most likely going to be here because I don't want to move him anywhere. And I have a full-time job, which is great in Windsor. And I, why, why not? And, and mm-hmm. we didn't have a skate shop here. There you right? go. It could so be as simple as that. <laughs> There's just no skate yep. shop yet. So build it and they will exactly. come. <laughs> exactly. Yep. That's exactly what it is. So before you started the skate shop, what did your life look like, you know, on your pre-entrepreneurial journey? Or has this always been something that has embedded into your entrepreneurial work from your nine to five? What did life look like before the skate shop? It was stressful. Mm. It was, I've had a lot of, a lot of different jobs. Um, and even before the job that I work at now with the Canadian Armed Forces. I had a lot of different jobs. I was going to school. I went to school for criminal justice. I did a minor in Asian studies. And then before that, I was kind of just bouncing around to different jobs. I did a lot of security. Hmm. I think, though, that the the best job that helped set me up for this position was doing door-to-door sales. Mm, tell me more about and that. That was it, was, it was challenging, it was frustrating, but it was fun, and I appreciate doing it because I've learned how to speak to people. Door-to-door sales is funny because you have to realize that sometimes people don't, you don't know who you're going to get behind the door, first of all, ever. It's never going to be the same personality, which makes it interesting. And you have to convince someone of a product that they didn't think about buying when they woke up. They're just looking at you like, what, what do you do and what do you want? Pretty much all the time, right? And so you have to be knowledgeable as to what you're selling. Um, and then you have to have, you have to, I guess, have charisma or just be confident. And you sell yourself and not so much the product. Because if people like you, they're going to buy from you. And if they don't like you, even if they need the service, they're probably not going to buy from you because they don't like you. Mm. So <laughs> that's one thing I definitely took from door-to-door sales um, in terms of having a skateboard shop. I said, you know, this could be easy. People are coming in here already wanting to buy <laughs> a product. I barely have to sell it because you already come in wanting to buy something. Whereas with door-to-door sales, I have to convince you of something that you never thought about buying. But if you're walking into the store, obviously you have some type of interest in skateboarding. And I already know the products. I'm passionate about it. So now all I'll have to do is break it down to you and inform you of why it's different, why this costs that much, what, um, what goes into this quality of board and, and all that kind of stuff. That's the easy part. That's easy. So I'm, I'm very um, glad that I did door-to-door sales. And I'd say that's something that definitely set me up for, uh, for success with the business now. And um, yeah, that's, that's probably the best job that I've had that, that would, that has done that for me. I mean, there's been other things, other, other jobs that I had like security, but again, I'm working with people. So I understand how to work with people, but then the night shifts too. And so I implement that it, um, in a way where when I need to get stuff done for the business, I know I can push myself to stay up because I've done mm. it in the past, you know? Mm. Um, and another thing too, I just recently read on an Instagram post and it said, don't go to a nine to five job and, and work all day and then come home and not work on your own 
uh, aspirations and your own goals. You know what I mean? Because it's like you're, you're going out there, you're working for somebody else. But what about yourself? What about the goals that you have? Put, mm-hmm. put as much or more effort into your own goals than into, you know, just, just doing your regular nine to five. And that's something that has pushed me as well. If I don't have to go to work early the next day, I'll stay up until two, three o'clock in the morning, try to get stuff done for the business. And it doesn't feel like work because I'm passionate about it. Mm. So, yeah. And how do you balance that between, you know, working for the Canadian Armed Forces, being a mother of two, and also having the the shop? That's a tremendous amount to have on, on <laughs> one plate. My goodness. How do you balance, you know, those, those very distinct and different parts of your life? I kind of just like, my brain is kind of like, I, it, and, and I compartmentalize things. Mm. So... Work, you know, with my full-time job, that's set in stone. I have to go to work, right? Mm-hmm. At certain times throughout the day. As soon as I'm done, uh, I switch over to mom mode. I go home and take care of the boys mm-hmm. and um, spend as much time with them as possible. As soon as they're asleep, I take care of what I have to do for the business. Uh, and then <laughs> once the business stuff is done, then I'll, then I'll take care of myself. In between, I still take care of myself, absolutely, because that's mo- the most important, right? Mm-hmm. You're, yourself is the driving force behind everything that you're doing. If you don't take care of yourself, then... Everything you, that you see that, that you have built is going to start to fall because you're the, you're the foundation for all that. So you got to take care of yourself. But that's how I do it. And um, originally, when I, when I opened the shop, I was on the weekends, my sons go to visit their dad. And I was like, man, I'm kind of bored. This is before I had to stop. I was a little, I was a little bored on the weekends. I'm not going to lie because they weren't there. So I'm like, what am I supposed to do with my time? And, and I said, okay. You know, yeah, I could actually open the shop because on the weekends I won't have the kids anyway, so I'll just be at the shop working the shop. And uh, there's been plenty of days that I've had them at the shop, and it's been crazy. Mm. But um, yeah, I, comp- I compartmentalize. That's how I do it. Mm. Yeah, or put another way, you know, you invest wholeheartedly into one space and then shift gears <laughs> to the next. <laughs> yep. and, uh, exactly. But, but I think that's so interesting that you have these different parts of your brain that you're almost activating it during different parts. And, and that makes for, you know, such an interesting life. I think obviously I'm biased in, in really supporting <laughs> um, this type of, you know, diversity of, of um, experience and just that you get to meet such different people and, um, you know, bring different learnings from all of the different things that you do. But to me, that makes for a much more colorful, colorful journey <laughs> through this thing we called yes. life. <laughs> it's stressful. It is. Mm. It is stressful. Like I don't want to downplay it and say, yeah. oh, see, it's, it's, it's not, there's days where it's not going to be easy, mm-hmm. you know, and my phone's ringing right now because someone's <laughs> calling the shop after hours. So, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, it's, that's, it happens. Right. And you just gotta, you just gotta roll with the punches sometimes and um, just, just focus and, and put the energy into stuff that, that you want to do, you mm. know? So yeah, that's, that's my advice as to how I balance, <laughs> balance yeah. my life. And that's how you make things happen. Absolutely. And, and really yeah. such a, a cool balance to see, uh, with, with your life as an example. Awesome, Sasha. So if you can think of one key takeaway from our conversation, um, and you know, key advice that you'd provide to women entrepreneurs, um, in addition to what you've already provided through our chat, what would that kind of key takeaway or key piece of advice, uh, you'd like to share with our listeners today be? You know what? I, I would say the key piece of advice would be don't be afraid of the unknown. Mm. And that was the that was the turning point for me because I didn't know that the business would get to where it where it is right now. Mm-hmm. But if I said to myself, you know, I'm I don't really want to do this. I'm scared. I don't I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm not going to do it. Then none of this would exist right now. None of it would mm-hmm. exist. So my advice is, is don't be afraid of the unknown. Go after it. Figure out what it is. Just like an algebra, right? 
you you got to do this plus that to figure out what X is. <laughs> do that too. You know I, what I mean? Do, do I that love too. It. I love it. What is your X? What are you solving for? <laughs> I love exactly. it. I just run with F- it. Figure it out. Don't be afraid of it. Go and figure it out. Go mm-hmm. go plan it out and see. Can I actually do this? Can I afford this? Is this going to be something worth for me doing? Yes or no, try it anyways. Mm -hmm. Because then you know, right? And then you can walk away saying, you know what? At least I tried. Now for me, Mm. whenever, whatever happens to bliss, at least I know at the end of the day when I walk away, I can say, at least I tried. I tried. Mm. And this is what happened when I tried. So that's, that's my advice. Don't be afraid of the unknown. Love that. Love that, Sasha. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending time on the Thrive Podcast today. Thank you. It was fun. I, this, I, out of the many that I've done, I like I like this one the most. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I'm obviously very uh, biased in saying I love this podcast the most as well, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's fabulous. Uh, so uh, I'll definitely hit you up next time. I'm looking to, to hop on a skateboard. <laughs> yes, come by, yes. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.